Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Welcome to Football is Family, a podcast dedicated to the fan and fan experience. My name is Jeremy McFarland, and I want to look at the positive behind what makes football so enjoyable to watch and follow. I want to know why you are a fan of your team, of a player, or an era of football. Whether the pros, college, or high school, I want to hear and share your stories and your love for the game. If you want to be part of this podcast, please message me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore McFarlane, or on Facebook at the Footballist Family Facebook page. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. We'd like to welcome everybody to the Footballist Family podcast. And, and I want to throw out a couple of things before I begin. Um, I'm filming or recording this or filming it on Zoom, whatever the case is, about five hours before the Titans play the Packers. I'm hoping by this time tomorrow, I'll be smiling even more that the Titans are still in third place in the AFC. And by Sunday, hopefully they'll move up. That means the Bills and the Chiefs, y'all need to, y'all need to lose. Uh, the Dolphins too, y'all need to kind of lose. I don't know if that's going to happen, but whatever the case is. I'm hoping that as well, um, this time next week, I'm going to have another one of my uh, family come on the Football's Family podcast to talk about their Thanksgiving memories. I'm hoping to have my grandmother. Uh, last year, my wife, my daughters, and my son got to come on and talk about some of their memories. And y'all know that this year uh, in May, my son died Uh and so sometime next week, I'm going to run that episode again. Uh, let me throw some things out here real quick, and then we're going to get into our, our topic of the day. Uh, be thankful, even in the hardest conditions, be thankful that you have something or someone. And don't take those things for granted. Uh, that's something that's hard to do at this point. I, I can tell you, honestly, I'm fighting a lot of apathy right now, but I know there's better days to come. Enjoy the little things in life. Um, I usually wait until I see Santa going down the Broadway, I guess, up in New York during the Macy's Day Parade before I start watching or listening to Christmas music. But I read something a couple of days ago that said, if you see me driving down the road jamming Christmas music, it costs you absolutely nothing to mind your own business. So today I was listening to Chicago singing Christmas and I had other things come up. It's just enjoy the little things in life. And number three, eat a piece of turkey or, or whatever you eat for Thanksgiving for me and enjoy it. Be thankful. Just, just be thankful that you got that opportunity. Um, here in Tennessee, I'm about an hour away from Nashville. So the Titans are my home team. Uh, 
we've been talking for the last couple, three months about getting a new stadium. It's a $2.1 or $2.2 billion stadium. If I remember correctly, when, when Nissan Stadium was first constructed, it was constructed about $121 million, and people thought that was way too much. Now it's $2.2 billion. But they're putting a dome on it so they can get WrestleMania and they can get the Super Bowl and they can get NCAA stuff in. And that's fine. Um, I'm hoping that they do it. And I'm hoping that they sell seats because I want to buy a seat from the previous stadium. I'd love to have one that I sat in, but I doubt I could do that. But whatever the case is, I hope that they do that. And I know Buffalo uh, is building a stadium. I know that they've got that pretty much uh, got uh, got that pretty much cemented. Uh, you know, last few years you've had stadiums built in uh, Las Vegas, and then you had stadiums built in L.A. And you had one up in Minnesota, all beautiful stadiums. I talked to a guy recently who lived in Las Vegas, and he said that it looks like the uh, Death Star there. And, I, and I, it's just this giant UFO type shape in Las Vegas. And, uh, and you know, then you had one uh, a few years back built in, in uh, outside San Francisco for the 49ers. And you have several new stadiums that are being talked about. And, and I remember growing up in the 80s that stadiums were not really the focal point of what they are now. Most stadiums were kind of a cookie cutter shape, a circle uh, that looked basically like a donut. And, you know, you had places like in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, pretty much the same type of stadium that would be dual use if they needed to. Uh, the one over in Oakland, the Oakland Coliseum, which you had the A's, which I grew up uh, watching the A's, loving the A's, and you know they had the longest or uh, the or the biggest foul uh, place in the in the whole major leagues because of the dimensions of the football stadium being moved around. Um, you had a lot of dual use, and when those stadiums went down, uh, you know it kind of lost the mystique of uh, to me what football is now that being said it probably saved a lot of people's knees uh you had the astrodome with their astroturf and it probably cost some people their careers because of the injuries that they had but if you grew up in pittsburgh or philadelphia especially philadelphia the vet golly that place was a dump but the one thing is and, and i talked to people who are philadelphia fans they prefer that over the, the over the link right now just because of the atmosphere, just because they can be, uh, it, it, it's more, uh, it was tighter. It was, it was just what Philadelphia wanted. And the link is a good stadium. Don't get me wrong, but there's something about the vet. I remember, uh, growing up, we'd go down to Atlanta. I looked out and I can remember Atlanta's previous stadium. And it was just, it wasn't that great looking. And now their stadium, my wife and I drove by it when it was almost done. It looks amazing. It's amazing. But do you but do you think that some of the older stadiums have a little bit of uh, uh, of a feeling, uh, just an amazing feel to it that you don't get with the new stadiums? Maybe it's the prices of the tickets and the food. Maybe it's the uh, it just it almost feels uh, kind of sterile in the sense of football and the sense of being a fan. It just kind of feels that way. You know, they're talking, like I said, putting a dome in uh, over LP Field 
Nissan Stadium, Ar- Arkadelphia Coliseum. I mean, whatever you want to call it. I remember all those things. Uh, and and when they build that, they would they would put a dome on us. Like you know, it kind of misses the point of having football in the elements. I have been to games up at Nissan Stadium when it was twenty degrees. It's absolutely freezing. And people up in Buffalo this week, uh, I bet you're kind of wishing you had a dome so you can watch the game without having four or five feet of snow drift in on you. Uh, you know, and it, over in Seattle. Y'all have an amazing dome. It does. It, it looks kind of like uh, the Sydney Opera House almost, and it keeps the uh, the noise in. So it's probably one of the noisiest places to play. If you go over into college football, college football has a tradition and a and a feel about it that the pros don't have because of of just the college atmosphere. But I've been. I'm ashamed to say this, but I've only been to one college stadium, and that is Vanderbilt Stadium. I've been by several, but I've been to one college stadium, and I don't really call Vanderbilt much of a college stadium. It it doesn't – it's just not up to par. But I have been by UT. I've been by Bryant-Denny down in Alabama. My son and daughter were born in Tuscaloosa. So I got to go over there and see those places. Uh, that's the stadiums that I would love to be around. That's the stadiums I would love. So just for a couple of minutes, I want to kind of point out that there's just a few stadiums that I wish I could visit. And some of them I can't obviously because they're destroyed. But if I had a bucket list, this is what I would be. And what would your, what would your bucket list be? What would you want to see? And, and what would you would like to go back and see? Number one, I want to go to Lambeau Field. Uh, Lambeau Field is one of those fields that I just think has a has a mystique about it. And and the, the thing the thing about Lambeau Field is it's one of the things that 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 particular stadium to me gives what pro football was before it became what it is now. It's a it's sixty five years old. It's around 65 years old. Uh, and it was built to house a team that was publicly owned. And I think that's one of the neat things about Green Bay is that that city is that that team is technically publicly owned. Uh, it's not owned by a single individual or family. It's publicly owned. It's one of the smaller stadiums. But one of the things about Lambeau Field is – it's always sold out. The Green Bay fans are some of the most dedicated fans that I've ever seen in my lifetime. It's one, it's just, it's a beautiful sign of dedication. For, for me as a Titans fan, I have seen the last three years have been a little bit different. The last four years have been different. But previous to that, I, we were down in the dumps. And we would see more people at Nissan Stadium who were wearing opposite teams, the opposing teams' uh, hats or jerseys or whatever, than we would Titans. Even during Green Bay's hardest times in the 80s, you're talking about after the Bart Starr time, before they got Brett Favre and Reggie Reggie White and, and won the Super Bowl and contended for several years, had those great games against the 49ers. Uh, you would see the Green Bay faithful come out no matter what type of weather it was. 
no type of no matter how good or bad their team was. That is dedication. That's something that I wish uh, more teams would have. Um, now I'll tell you this: if ticket prices keep going up, you're going to pull a lot of people away from the from the game and be watching it on TV. But whatever the case, you and Green Bay uh, have a beautiful relationship with it with your team one of the smallest markets if not the smallest market in the nfl yet you have the most dedicated fan base because of that closeness now here's my stipulation here's my stipulation i want to go to green bay when it's about 10 degrees and I want to go and sit in it when it was snowing. It must not be hot. It can't be hot. It has to be cold and snowing. I want to see the frozen tundra. I want to see people playing in the elements. It's got to be that way. That is the first place I want to go to. The second place I want to go to, and this is where I have to go back in time. Uh, Mile High Stadium, the original Mile High Stadium. Mile High Stadium is what I remember watching and growing up when I was watching the Broncos. It's not a pretty stadium, you know, but when you look at it on in the videos of like the 60s and 70s and 80s, you see the orange, the orange crush jerseys come out. That to me is that, well, that's John Elway. That's Terrell Davis at the beginning before they went to the to the cyber horse in the in the darker blue. Um, that is, you know, that is uh, Carl Mecklenburg and, and and men like that. Steve Atwater, Dan Reeves is their coach. I remember I remember that. Uh, I remember watching them grow, uh, watching the Broncos grow up and and seeing them battle the, the elements and seeing them play uh, some great football. In Mile High Stadium. Now, obviously, Mile High Stadium is 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 a little bit different because it's a new stadium. It's beautiful, but I want to go to the original Mile High Stadium, and I would love to see a game there. Never had the opportunity. Furthest west I've ever been is Arkansas. So I've never been that far west. But if you have the opportunity to to watch a game of Mile High, uh, message me at Jeremy underscore McFarland and let me know what experience you had. You got tickets. Show me pictures. Show me pictures of, of everything that you've done. That's what the footballist family is all about. Um, I would like to to see a game in uh, in New York, actually in New Jersey, at the at the stadium that they have there in New Jersey. And and part of the reason why I want to see a stadium there in New Jersey at MetLife Stadium is I would love to see the Giants and the Jets play each other. Uh, they share stadiums. So and it's neat. If you've ever watched videos of of them set up the game, basically, you know, you have your Giants. They may play, say, on a Sunday. And on Monday, the Jets will play at the home stadium. And basically, all the people have to do is flip a couple things and change the field a little bit. It's a lot of work. But it's beautiful and neat to see that happen. Uh, what I've understood about MetLife Stadium is not the best stadium. Uh, you would think being relatively new, it would have been. Uh, but I would love to see that home team atmosphere. You would have the Giants fans and the Jets fans crossing the river to come over from New York to New Jersey. 
Um, and the thing is, and I respect this uh, a lot, is that if you grew up a Jets fan, you're a Jets fan. If you grew up a Giants fan, you're a Giants fan. Uh, I didn't grow up a Titans fan because we didn't have it. I don't have that type of connection, but you up in the North do. Uh, you have that connection if you grew up, if your parents, if your dad or granddad in the 30s and the 40s were Giants fans, guess what you probably are right now. Uh, if your dad grew up in the 60s with Joe Namath, uh, guess who you're probably rooting for now? And if you ever watch on YouTube the videos of people with their fan caves, you can tell quickly when they grew up and who their dad or their granddad rooted for. And maybe maybe your dad or granddad wasn't a, a, a football fan, but you watch you you were a fan of, of of a player, Joe Namath, or or you know uh, even go back to Phil Sims or or go back further, you know, along with Phil Sims with with Lawrence Taylor. Or go back further and you see just how you became a fan of the team that you are. Uh, I would love to see the home game of the Giants and the Jets. I don't care who the home team is, but it would be a home game for both of them. I would love to go and uh, watch a game in San Diego. San Diego Stadium. I'm going to get a little – I think that the – Chargers should still be in San Diego. That's just me. Uh, it's it's neat that they're in a new stadium at SoFi, but they're not the Los Angeles Chargers. There's the San Diego Chargers. I would love to see them play in San Diego, wearing the powder blue jersey. I don't care who they're playing, but I'd love to see them play. Love to see Dan Fouts throwing a pass, or Philip Rivers throwing, or or watching LT run. Or even going back to Lance All- Allworth, I would love to see him run and, and see why they called him Bambi. You can see him on video, but it's not the same. Watching people in in person is a little bit different. I remember watching, I went to a game and saw Ger- uh, Javon Kirsch play. And you heard how fast he was and how, how quick he was. And so I said, watch him. He's right over there. And I did. And within two seconds, he was in the backfield. You think, how in the world did he do that? Well... He's the freak. That's what he does. But I think if if I were to look back at one more stadium that I would have loved to have visited, I would love to have visited uh, Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. Uh, again, it was one of the cookie-cutter stadiums like you had in Cincinnati or, or in Pittsburgh, uh, very similar styles uh, because you had to have both the Reds and the and the Bengals play. You had the Steelers and the Pirates play. And in Philadelphia, you had the – the uh, Phillies and the Eagles play very similar concept because you have, you can move things around, but I would have loved to have seen just what made that stadium special. What that made that stadium special, what made it uh, such a, a dump yet people loved it and people, you know, people fought for it and wanted to keep it or wanted to improve on it instead of tearing it down. See a team is one thing. But you can go to a stadium and have an experience with that team. I went a few years ago to the Kansas City Royals and got to see them play. Beautiful stadium, like the Royals. But right across the parking lot was the Arrowhead Stadium. It was Arrowhead Stadium. At that time, I was aware of them and, and watched my Broncos play them, but I never really understood the draw that Arrowhead had 
and how powerful it was to play a game at Arrowhead until I started paying closer attention. And I realized that people in, in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium knew that they were the, 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 the 12th man. You know, you think Texas A&M to 12th man. It's Arrowhead or Seattle. Fans of a team know their stadium, know their team, and know that they can make a difference, especially on offsides, penalties, and false starts. They know that they can do that because people get so flustered that they'll either line up offsides or they will start early because they can't hear the cadence of the quarterback. That's what makes football so special. Not only do you follow a team, but you get a chance to be part of that team and be part of the game day experience by going to the stadium. Now, look, look, I like Nissan Stadium, but Nissan Stadium was well past its prime within about three or four years of being built. Some of these other stadiums that I'm looking at uh, are some beautiful, beautiful fields. Uh, and maybe you find that your field is a little outdated. I'm not aware of those things. I, <laughs> I just know about Nissan Stadium. Uh, so message me, what, what is your favorite stadium experience? What is your favorite um, What is your favorite stadium that you've ever visited? I, I'll give you one story and we'll finish for the day. And thank you for listening again. Uh, my wife and I, uh, she tolerates my Titans, and I call it a sickness because it really is. Um, so she'll go to a game with me, and I've got a picture in my office of us at a game. And we uh, – I, I tell people, I don't care where I sit, just as long as I can get in the game. So we typically sit up at the top, um, and we sit in the same spot, typically in the, in the north end. But we're close to the fireworks. We're close to the fireworks. Fireworks will come out of the, uh, the jumbotrons every time the Titans score a touchdown. There's some years that it wouldn't even fire off. This year, we're winning sort of – but we're not scoring a lot of points. Uh, Derrick Henry going to run his legs off, guys. Throw the ball. Anyway, well, I had forgotten that they were up there. And when we scored a touchdown and the fireworks went off and I literally leapt out of my skin and people around me heard me squeal and asked me if I was okay. My wife was so embarrassed. She was covering her. She said, if I knew you would squeal like that, I would have rethought marrying you. And I said, you know what? You do what you do. If you get scared, you get scared. Again, thank you all for listening to the Footballers Family Podcast. And we have a new sponsor here at the Footballers Family Podcast. It's Manscaped. Support for the Footballers Family Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped re recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 5 million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code FAMILY at manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived, and oh man, is it a game changer. Inside the package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Revival 
toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming, and I dare say the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and it also has a 400K LED spotlight you need for a more precision shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. Now you thought that was good, but wait till you take your grooming game to another level. The Performance Package 4.0 includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Hair Ear Hair Trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary safe skin technology, which help reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Below the Waist Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Below the Waist Toner will change the way you approach your daily hygiene. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with code FAMILY. That's get 20% off and free shipping with code FAMILY at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tool with Manscaped. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.